Hello, my warrior loves. Welcome to Beyond Body, a mini series where we are exploring body image and how to change the internal and external scripts that influence the way you think and feel about your own body. Subscribe and follow along to hear real life stories and experiences on the path to body image healing. Now, if negative body image is holding you back and fueling your eating disorder, listen up. This February, we are curating a small, intimate group of warriors for Beyond Body, a six-month body image accelerator program that brings together tangible practices you can call on for the rest of your life and an intimate group format for deep learning, healing, and integration. Now, we officially start in March, so February is the time to get your application in and get on a discovery call to see if Beyond Body is for you. Beyond Body is a safe container designed for women in their mid to late 30s, 40s, and 50s who want to do real, long-lasting work to improve their body image so this one precious life can be enjoyed more fully and freely. With the right approach, skills, and support, body dissatisfaction doesn't have to hold you back in your relationships and career. If you want to make this the year you do deeper body image healing work during the spring and summer months, request an invite to apply for Beyond Body at recoverywarriors.com slash beyond. Spots are limited, so get yours in now by requesting an invite to apply at recoverywarriors.com slash beyond. Today, I'm with Sarah Wiseman. Sarah is an active member of the Courage Club and just the most lovely human. We've been connecting over Instagram DMs for years now and just Sarah's just been this bright point of joy in my life, and it's been so rewarding to see her rise up from rock bottom and create her own company and get onto this solid path in her recovery. Sarah is the owner of Renewed Florals, a wedding bouquet preservation company where she renews fresh florals into art pieces to cherish for a lifetime. And I seriously go gaga over her work. Like whenever I see it on Instagram <laughs> algorithm knows like show every post Sarah ever does. To, and I'm like, yes, because they're just like, oh, they music to my soul. Uh, so Sarah, I'm one of your biggest Renewed Florals fan. And I know there's so many more out there. And it's just a pleasure to have you here today. Like you're a longtime listener of the show. I just, ah, I love it. So welcome, Sarah. So happy to have Thank you here. Thank you. Thank you. I was looking back. I wanted to see. I was like, how long have I been listening? And I was like, when did I first send my first DM to Jess? And it was like, it was before Renewed Florals. And it was like on my like Sarah Wiseman account. It was three years ago in 2021. Isn't that <laughs> so like, crazy? Like, <laughs> Setting our heart right now. <laughs> yeah. It's the beauty of like this work because sometimes you just connect with certain warriors and it's just like, yeah. I... I love yeah, and I'm I'm so grateful to Recovery Warriors and you and your work. And this is just I'm really honored to be on. Like this is crazy. So I'm like having like a fangirl moment right now. <laughs> like, well, that's the funny thing is, is like I'm your fangirl when it comes to renewed florals because I'm just like these are like so masterpieces. And so we both get to fangirl each other. So <laughs> it's mutual. Uh, you know, but like renewed florals, I'm I would love for listeners to kind of know a little bit about the top around what what inspired this. I mean, it's. Essentially, before you got into wedding bouquets, you were just doing simple floral arrangements where you were pressing flowers and then creating these. And I highly recommend you guys go check out Sarah's Instagram account and her website. We'll have that linked up below. But yeah, it's just where did this inspiration come from? It's just magical to me. I love it. It's nature. Ah, I love it. Yeah, go. You. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So heard about floral preservation 
through a mutual friend, actually. So I heard about the art and during my recovery, that's when I got into it. So I would literally like go to like, we have a canal by our house and I would go and get like flowers, which I don't know if that's legal. So we'll just <laughs> hold it down low. <laughs> wildflowers out or I'd like go on a hike and go pick wildflowers. So that's kind of how it started. Like I would just go get them in nature and and I just kind of found it as an outlet and I like fell in love with it. And I was like, I don't want to stop doing this. And then I heard about doing like special event bouquets and things like that. And some people get into like memorial pieces, which is really lovely. But I really fell in love with the wedding world and I love being a part of the wedding world. And I love brides. They're such fun people, especially after their wedding, because all the other vendors, they get them before the wedding, but I get them after when they're like chilling. So yeah, yeah. Like no more bridezilla. They're all like, oh my God, it's over. I'm done. (laughs) Honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, I didn't think about the funeral. I mean, that one's a little bit more, yeah, kind of. Yeah, really sad, but also gives someone something to cherish. So I just, I just stick with the wedding, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would, I would too. And I'm like, I love business. I've always just like, you know, and I've run a business for 12 years, and I just, I like, so I'm always like looking at you, and I'm like, yes, girl, like you picked like wedding bouquets, like this is a great niche. <laughs> like, yes, you told me you were like, you need to find your niche, like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm like your business mentor a bit. You are. Uh, you literally are. <laughs> There's so many things. <laughs> so I will say up at the top that for Beyond Body, I Sarah is going to be coming on and doing a guided workshop for us to teach us how to do our own floral preservation pieces. And we actually have a, a reason behind this to kind of tie in beauty and nature and like your own unique essence and ethos and choosing your flowers very intentionally. And I'm just so excited for this because I'm already like jumping ahead. I'm like, I'm going to make Christmas or I'm going to make holiday gifts now. (laughs) I'm like already like summer. I'm like, I'm going to get all the gifts done (laughs) at this time. Is there like any way that this idea and concept of nature has come into the healing process for you because you are working so closely with these flowers and preserving them and turning them into these these art pieces? Yeah, it's actually like, crazy like the mirroring that sounds weird but floral preservation is a lot like recovery so it's just really interesting that I ended up being in recovery and getting into floral preservation because if you think of like like you have these beautiful flowers and you know usually you would throw them away and that's really sad but and because you know you only get to enjoy them for a little bit but when you put them in the press I'm sure like if I can imagine like being a flower, I would imagine that like being in a press is kind of like recovery. It's like not <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like oh. most, it's not always like the most like amazing feeling. It's kind of like squishy. I'm like, make it stop. Getting cramped. And, <laughs> it's a lot. But the beauty of it though is that in the end, you get something that lasts forever and it's in such like a stronger state, which it's like, how is it stronger from being like pressed? But yeah, so the contrast of that was just really amazing to see. Like, I didn't realize in it, but then looking back, I was like, oh, it's kind of like I was in the press, like while I was going through recovery and also really into this art. So, yeah, that was like. And it has like the really same, cool. like, so, re kind of like renewed, you know. Yes, yeah, recovery. Exactly. Yeah, and then, and then I actually I named like the business Renewed Florals because I was like, I'm renewed, like, through this, like, from doing this. So. Yeah. And it's beautiful because then it's like when you have these floral presses and, you know, visuals. Picture is a thousand words. So I do recommend checking out how Sarah weaves these together into to a full piece of art or a tapestry essentially of these florals. And it's just 
so beautiful to see how there's like a story in each and one of these and like that each flower kind of has its own symbolism or color or just like <laughs> I had like a moment on my silent Saturday where there was a like a lone sunflower just like randomly popped up like I don't even know in just like my backyard and it was like not where it really quote unquote should be like and it was kind of like quote unquote like ugly <laughs> like kind of like missing like petals and just like it wasn't where it wasn't planted in the best soil let's just say that like it was kind of in a dark spot and it was just it was having a hard it was having a rough ride like this is like not who I'm I'm supposed to be I'm a sunflower and like I'm in the dark I'm in the shade and I was just like crying like for the flower and just feeling it's like beauty because it was it was like the brokenness and the beauty and the brokenness like the beauty in that like I don't know I just I had a moment and me and that flower but I just really felt like so like you're so beautiful it's like all I could really send it because I wasn't speaking but I was just like you were the most beautiful flower that's so beautiful I'm also like I'm like weirded out because I have a sunflower tattoo on my back oh do you I'm like a sunflower <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, you gotta like uncover it. Like it's like yeah, it's, yeah. I forget about it. I got it when I was like eighteen. It's just back there. <laughs> oh well. So let's dive in here to more on your body image healing journey. And we're not, you know, doing the show to have any expectation of perfection, but just like the process and what you've learned and where you're growing towards and to. So I'm curious, at what age did you first become aware that your body was something to manage and keep small? And what was going on? Like, was there anything particular was going on around that time of your life? You know, when I think back, I think that I probably became aware that just of that being small was something that was like, quote unquote, like favored. I think I was pretty young, like probably like six or seven, which those are like formative years. So that's pretty impactful. Um, growing up, I was, I'm five years younger than my sister. And I have like, my parents are quite like on the like older range. Like I'm just like, I'm, a, I'm very, very young in my family. And so just being the youngest and I was also like pretty like just small, like I'm short and I was, I was really praised for, for that. So that was like a constant thing coming from like aunts, uncles, like grandparents, parents. It was always like so small and that was always like a positive thing. And the kicker to that was that I also was a picky eater and I was told that I was small because of the picky eating. And so like little Sarah was like, I'm being praised for being small. I'm also a picky eater. So, and they're telling me that I'm small because I'm a picky eater. So it was like, looking back, I'm like, that was just a perfect freaking storm, like set up right for me. So I think I really developed this belief that, you know, it's good to be small and this is why I'm small. So when I was thinking back, I, I can even like think back to a memory of being at my grandparents and my grandma offering me butter for my corn. And my grandpa saying like, oh no, she's tiny. She doesn't eat stuff like that. And I wanted the freaking butter. But I remember I was so little and I said like, no, I don't want it because I was being told it was like a good thing. So even like that young, like I, and now like, what? Like put butter on your freaking corn, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you no butter on your corn? What are you doing? But like, yeah. So, so even like little things like that, I'm like, okay, I can see how, how that was, that message was really like relayed into me. And it's like at such an early age, right? That's when we're like forming our like worldview, our belief system. So like something like that can get so interconnected. Like you're saying like, okay, small is good. Small is favored. 
and I get small because I'm a picky eater. Okay, let me be a picky eater and let me continue to stay small. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about children is they don't stay small typically, you know, like just because you're small when you're little. And so then when the conversation changed to like, well, puberty is going to happen. And, you know, my sister's five years older. I see what's happening to her. And so I think that really impacted me too. I started to think like, I think I really, I think I also just thought that it was like an identity being small. And so it really freaked me out hearing about that that was going to go away. So I think that also played a factor into it. You know, we do a lot of applications for our programs. And uh, one thing that I've seen like over and over and over and over again is like puberty is like, when did your eating disorder? How long have you been dealing with this? And it's like started at puberty. And it's just crazy these like life transitional stages when there are body changes happening, how that can really trigger someone to want to seek out control or to not have something change, keep it as it once was, or keep it, you know, in, in the state that it's been at, and a state of more innocence. And Yes, yeah, exactly. And were your parents aware of this, like that you had this connection, or it was more just internalized, like you weren't really talking about it? Uh, it was definitely internalized. It wasn't something that I was aware of. I didn't have this most stable home. So I think there also was an element of I liked the praise that I was getting from it. Like I wanted to keep this up. Uh, so no, but I, I never like voiced it. It wasn't a concern that I voiced. I don't think I knew too, though, you know. Well, when it's linked with like validation and praise, then it's not something that you would like, you know, you'd think like, let me just keep doing this. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Reward system. Yeah. And as a child, that's it's, I mean, that like is such an easy way to get some positive attention. So, yeah. Which we all want, right? Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Children, yeah. Be- we and adults, we also adults. want <laughs> pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. What was your biggest body insecurity back then and how has it evolved to today? Uh, you know, this question's interesting for me because I don't think it was necessarily an insecurity. I think when it came to the puberty part, there was definitely, you know, certain body parts that I was more worried about than others. I think the whole essence of just becoming like a woman, I think that was just the thing that I was very insecure about and what you touched on um, about innocence. I think that played a huge role that I was I was really embarrassed. Like I think it was more of an embarrassment of like getting into like a woman's body and like not really knowing like how to navigate that. And like, I don't know, you think like, I think back to like, like grade like nine, like, and I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> like just like, like if you think back to like, forming into your body. Like, I mean, that's rough. Like (laughs) it's a tough time. So yeah, I think, I think just the change of it all. And I think there was an aspect of losing that identity too. So I think there was an insecurity around there. I think the biggest body insecurity was probably, probably the change. And then how is that, how are you working like with that now? And yeah, now it's definitely shifted drastically. It's definitely something that I'm working in, in therapy on. It's a a pretty big focus in therapy and coaching too, but it's definitely healed a lot. Like (laughs) I definitely, I see a lot of positives in becoming, I mean, I am a woman, but like, you know, I see it like it's impossible to stay small and like that doesn't bring you, you know, there's so many amazing things that come also like, yes, your body changes, but you also gain independence and like you're forming into like more your personality and you're finding like what friends you really want. I think now I look at being a woman as so, like more liberating and not something that's keeping me like in this like scary space. So that's amazing. That's like a whole uh, big ethos of Beyond Body, the six month body accelerator program. It's like feminine liberation, like really coming into to your feminine beingness, which is your emotions. It's your intuition. It's your creativity. It's your enjoyment. It's your pleasure. It's like finding the yes in life. It's it's 
it's all the good in life. And then when we repress it, we end up having like this small lunchbox life instead of like a beautiful buffet of a life where you get to enjoy so many different things. And how did food and exercise tie into the way you tried to fit a body ideal? And how do you see it differently today? Um, I think that I definitely like what I described in my early, early years. I think that was looking back, I'm like, that was disordered eating. Like, so I think food always was an aspect of it. But I think the eating disorder really developed and like uh, exercise came in probably more through high school. I was, I think it started probably like with restriction. And then as that got, uh, that kind of slipped, like purging came in and then exercise. I was thinking back and I can remember like leaving friends after dinner, like at my house, like they're at my house. And I literally left to go on a run. Like I was like, just very like all or nothing with it. It was like, it got pretty extreme, pretty fast. So mm. yeah, just calm And like, were your friends aware? Or were you just say like, oh, I'm going to go grab something at the store? Or like, were you like, I'm going to go for a oh, run? They were, no, they were aware. It was like, I was not hiding it. It was like, we just ate dinner. I'm going on a run, like totally like just out there. Like, yeah. So it was pretty intense. And I, yeah, it, it was pretty fast too. I think that must've been in about grade 10. So it was like grade nine and then it just accelerated. And I kind of went through different eating disorder, like behaviors all throughout high school. So you've kind of run the whole gamut of of the behaviors and just the coping, different different ways to cope. Does anyone in your life make body image healing harder for you? Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I have specific people in my life. I'm really fortunate that I, I've set my boundaries and, and people in my life really are aware. I mean, everyone in my life is very aware that I'm in recovery now and like I don't, I don't touch that topic. Body image is not something that I'm concerned about. And I honestly think that like, it's kind of almost come naturally too though, where it's not something that I'm thinking about and I'm not focused on. And there's so much, like there's so many other things for me to talk about with the people in my life that kind of has naturally shifted to, that's not really a focus, but I would say if I can think of anything that makes it harder is just if that topic comes up, like, yes, it's, it's a little challenging, but I think I'm just in a place now where I'm able to shut it down. And, you know, people usually respond pretty <laughs> great to that. You know, if you're not giving them anything to work with, they're going to move on to a different subject. So, Has therapy and coaching helped you with that? Like to kind of say, hey, I'm going to set a boundary or this was just said, I set a boundary. Like has that been helpful for you to have that accountability? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think in the beginning, because I was, you know, it was a normal thing for me to be going to the gym and talking about like, oh, I went on a run. Like that was a normal conversation that I would usually have with friends or family. But I think just through my work. Yeah, and therapy and coaching and just navigating like how to bring up other subjects and, and yeah, definitely a lot of trial and error though. <laughs> what has having bad body image cost you? Uh, so much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can go through the list like health, wealth, <laughs> like relationships, connection. Um, I before I was I was doing floor preservation. I was a Montessori teacher, so. I mean, worked out perfectly now, but I did lose my position as a teacher at that time. That was like probably when my eating disorder got to its absolute worst. I just was unable to to continue working and I was I was commuting and it was just a whole, it was a lot on my body. So I lost my health and my job, you know, connection dwindled. Like your, your world gets so small. Like when you're, I like think of it as like looking at myself all the time. So I mean, like body image, but you know, like when you're so focused on your body and what you're putting in and what you're putting out, you're kind of like succumbed to 
only looking around you. And I feel like I like really with connection, like you, you don't have time to, to connect with your friends or check in on them or like learn about what's going on in their lives. So that was a huge thing that I lost was connection. Uh, it was really hard for me and my husband. Like when I was going through that time, like we were not connected very well at that time. So I think the, the whole thing of it though, if I look at like, like really I lost myself. I love who I am now and I love like my recovered self. But if I think of who I was as a Montessori teacher and just like the friends I had at that time, like I did lose a lot of that, unfortunately. And not to say I don't love my life now, I love it. But yeah, looking back, there was a lot of loss. Uh, Like I look at that period of my life, it was in 2021. And that year was just like a lot of loss. And it definitely attributed to being like so focused on my body and yeah, just controlling what I was putting in and out. So. You know, I like how you said, as you said, it was like you lost like your true self, right? So, but there is this very self-orientation when, when really active in an eating story is like you're saying, it's like, what am I eating? What am I going to do this? And like and that, I think that can get projected then onto other people that they're as hyper-focused on you as you are of yourself. And so then like you can think that they're looking at you or they're judging you or they're watching you or all these things. And, and that can really come in the way of just good, authentic like connection and looking at them, you know, and wanting to see them, not just how they're seeing you and perceiving that as one way or the other. So it has your husband been really supportive then and just like enjoying this kind of renewed, I guess it's renewed florals, yes. like <laughs> renewed Sarah, like renewed marriage. Like, okay, yes. I loved her then and I love her now. <laughs> it keeps getting better. Yeah, he is like, oh, he is just like the absolute best. Like he is like the love of my life. I'm obsessed with him. Like anyone that knows me is like, yeah, we know. Like Ricky is your everything. Like <laughs> I love him so much, but yeah, he's definitely very excited to see me step into my recovered self and yeah, I think it's, I mean, I can imagine if it's, it must be like <laughs> exciting to see me like let go of that. And, and yeah, cause he saw it all right. Like we were, we got married in 2019 and he kind of saw the progression that was like, after we got married, that was when my industry got like pretty, pretty intense. So he saw it all and now he gets to watch me recover. So it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. And it's beautiful that you are like there to support brides. Cause I mean, a lot of brides can struggle around that time period, lose weight to fit into your dress, like all of that, like diet, diet. I mean, it's like most people think, oh, you're going to get married, start your diet now. Like it's like this crazy, yeah, diet culture loves to, you know, grab brides to be. And so I'm sure a lot of them really resonate with the work you're doing and like the mission behind it as well, or just your story behind it. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a a little portion on our website where we talk about that. And yeah, my heart goes out to brides. I mean, it's a a really tough time. And I encourage anyone that that is struggling through that. I mean, it's it's okay. It's just a day, girl. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Yeah. Like lighten up. You don't need all the pressure on it to look perfect. And mm-hmm. you don't want to look back on your, do you want to look back on your wedding photos and think like, I tortured myself for like three months before. Like, no, no, you want to be in a good, a good place. So it's not worth it. Yeah, and just enjoy the day and not be like hangry. (laughs) How are you going to feel on your wedding day if you've just like put yourself through like hell for three months to get to it? Like, you're not going to be feeling too good. (laughs) So, what steps did you take to repair your body image? Uh, Therapy and coaching definitely played a huge, huge role. I got into therapy shortly before. I stopped working at the school. So, that was like really helpful to have that support there. 
And then coaching has also helped a lot. I work with an eating disorder coach as well as a therapist. And so the two were super, super helpful. And I think shifting my focus, like again, getting into floral preservation, that like just changed things for me because you really got to find something else to put your eyes in mind too, because you've been focusing on something for a really long time. So you're going to have, you're going to be like, what do I do with myself? So I think finding something else really was the turning point for me. Yeah. Yeah. You hear me talk about this all the time. It's like time is neither created nor destroyed. I mean, it's like it's energy is neither created nor destroyed. Like, so if you're putting X amount of energy into something, honey, you got to put that somewhere else. Like it doesn't just dissipate into thin air. Like the energy has to go somewhere else. Like it's it's simple math if you look at it. Like it's, but in, and, you know, it's emotional stuff too. So it's not always like as straightforward, but it's, that is such a huge part of it is like spending time doing things that are going to nurture who you are outside of the eating disorder or build a life outside of the eating disorder. Even get into connections where it's moving you outside of the eating disorder, like, you know, your coach and your therapist. Like that's still time that, yes, it's active recovery time, but it's moving you towards your recovered self so that that time spent in therapy is not spent engaging in behaviors. Exactly. What has come into your life more now that you're not so focused on judging and changing your body? So much. My, like, of course, we've talked about it a lot. My big one is renewed florals, a new, like a new passion that I found that I would have never found if I would have continued focusing on my body. So, and then just so many more connections. Like I have made like the bestest friends. I think I've told you about this, Jess, in, in some of our calls, but I've just made like the bestest friends the last few years. And yeah, just those connections have been like if I think of it, I'm like, was it worth it? Like, yes. Hell yes. Like, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. I think connection is like my biggest thing. Like, cause you really can't, you don't have time in your head for anyone else when you're so focused on you, you know? Remember you talking about that too, like that there is vulnerability, like, Hey, like, I mean, cause it takes like to build a relationship, a friendship, it takes time. Like you have to like check in and you know, have that consistency there. Mm -hmm. And so I know you kind of saying that that was something that you were excited about. And yeah, it was a new, new thing for you. And there's just so much like for you, what has connection really brought into your life? So much fun. (laughs) Like fun. Okay. Yeah. Like laughter. Yeah. So much fun. Like my friends are just like, just such lovely people and just, they just so much like love and sweetness. And yeah, I don't know, just so many opportunities too. Like I actually, I met my coach through one of my friends. Like she was like attending her yoga studio and knew that she did coaching as well. So like just, yeah, so many things have come out of those friendships too. And when you like share your life with someone, I mean, there's nothing like it. Like me and my like one of my besties, like Gina, we're always saying like, we do life together. Like, and you really are like so much more beautiful. Like life is so much more full when you have beautiful people to share it with. So do you have any like words of wisdom or just things that you'd want to say to somebody who is maybe at a point where they've really isolated a lot and feel kind of like they're not even worthy of connection or just like, it's like, why bother? Or like, no one checks in on me anymore. Like nobody wants to connect, like kind of just in a darker place. Like for you looking at your process, is there anything that helped you now really like open up to connection and get so much life force out of it and uh, vitality? Yeah. I'd say, first of all, I'm so sorry that you're feeling like that. Cause that's, I mean, loneliness is, it's a really heavy emotion and, and I totally get that. And it's also really hard to get out of. And 
it also feels super scary to step out of. And because, you know, once you get to that state, like it's all, it almost feels like you're like pulling yourself out of a hole and you're like, I need somebody to like pull me out of here. Like, can't somebody just, but you got to kind of yeah. <laughs> kind of get out there yourself yeah. a little bit. And, and I would just say like, it's going to feel really scary. And there's also might be some rejection, like not everybody that I connected with, maybe like that it wasn't a lasting connection, like all the time, like, you know, and, but you're going to find your people. And yeah, I think I think it's going to feel scary. You're going to be okay. And it's going to feel so much better. And your life is going to open up. And there's like, there's so much beauty in the world and people experience all different things. And when, when you can experience sharing a life with someone, even a friend, I'm not talking about like, like, you know, relationship, but but even friends, like there's, there's so much deep intimacy with, with friendships and you're missing out girl. So go get them. (laughs) <laughs> go go find those friends. No, I'm definitely. I like how you said there are going to be rejections. Like I've had friends where I'm like, oh my god, we're so going to hit it off. Like this is my new friend, and then they're like, no, I'm, I'm busy, and like, yeah. never gets back. You know, and it's like okay, like yeah, yeah you not. have. A- <laughs> we totally hit it off. We're going to be besties. We're besties. Mom, <laughs> yeah. Then you have the ones that's so random and you're like, how did you come into my life? I think one thing yeah. too is just opening up to it, being like, you know what, that's oh, yeah. something I want and. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a huge difference when you're looking for it. Because when you're not looking for it, you're probably not going to find it. Mm-hmm. But open your eyes. <laughs> yeah. And I also find too that like it can be really easy when the eating disorder can be very convincing to say cancel a plan because you don't feel good or cancel a plan because you just engaged with a behavior and you don't feel good. And when you're getting, I think, into the stage of really like wanting to step out and meet friends is to actually like have that as an accountability. Like I'm going to go out and not to accountability you know, you, you want to come as authentically as you can to these things, but you don't, you know, it's just to allow that, okay, I'm not going to cancel this. Like I, maybe in the past I've canceled a lot of these things, but this one I'm going to, you know, choose this because I know that this is what my recovered version would be doing, spending her time or his time or their time with, with friends. And you may find that you actually make different decisions that day. So you don't set yourself up for that feeling of wanting to cancel. And I often find times too, like I'm a hermit and I'm also some like a grandma that likes to go to bed really early. I am like, I'm like, why can't we like hang out at like 5 p.m.? 10 p.m. is like so late like to hang out. I'm just like, I'm already like in bed. But those are the times I go out. Like those are the most fun. Like those are where I actually like make memories. Like you don't make memories just like lying around in your house, like on Instagram. Like you don't. Those aren't memories that you like cherish. It's the ones where you go out with your friends or even just hang out together and like play a board game or watch a movie and just laugh about random things. Like those are way more special. Anyways, for sure. Glad we're talking about for this. Sure. I think it's an important topic. You love it. Friendship. <laughs> Friendship. <laughs> I just did a heart, by <laughs> yes, the way. For the audio <laughs> listeners. Uh, <laughs> all of you. What is your biggest body image healing milestone? I think shifting my focus. That would probably be it. Like you kind of slowly start realizing like, hey, I didn't like spend 20 to 30 minutes picking out a shirt today. Wow. That's amazing. Like, (laughs) yeah, I think I wouldn't say that it's been like, I haven't had a moment where I'm like, I freaking made it. Like, this is it. But I think it's just been those those little moments. Or I like, I said to my husband the other day, I was like, in the summer, I really, because I did gymnastics when I was little. And I like said to him, I'm like, in the summer, I really want to be healthy enough to like go to a field and just like flip around. Like, and so like making those goals, like that's such a different body goal, like than fitting into a pair of jeans. Like, 
that's boring also. Flipping in a field is so fun. <laughs> and seeing what it can do. It can press flowers and flip in a field and do lots of things. <laughs> yes. What do you appreciate most about your body? Um, what it allows me to do every day. I think there was there was definitely times in my recovery where I felt like or like early on in my recovery, I mean, sorry, where I kind of felt like all I can do today is sit on the couch. And that's about as much energy as I have. But I've definitely gotten to a place now where I can go and walk my dog. And it's not something that I have to like really plan for. And also my body has been so kind to me and I haven't always been so kind to it. So I really appreciate it and thank it. Yeah. Talk about a friend. It's like, sorry, friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a little little hard on you all these years. Yeah. Do you think getting this like more energy or this boost of energy to eating more and regularly or eating larger portions than you did in the past? Yeah. Yeah. Eating more regularly. Yeah. Different varieties, not eating the same thing all the time. Variety victories. Yeah. That's a warrior talent inside the Courage Club. <laughs> I thought, yeah, you had some good variety victories. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would definitely attribute it to that. What is something you know now that you wish younger you would have heard when developing her beliefs about her body? Mm, You are not defined by your body, girl. And there's so much more to you than being small. And there's so many more interesting things about you. And you're going to discover who you are. And the last thing on the list is going to be what you look like. So you're going to be okay. I promise you. (laughs) And I would just give her a big hug and be like, oh, (laughs) you're going through it, girl. But... (laughs) It's okay. Everybody goes through it. Like like you were saying, there's so many people that, that messaged and said in their applications that they were that puberty was a part of it. And I think at the time going through puberty, it felt like like you see everyone else going through it, but nobody talks about it. Like mm-hmm. like it it feels alone, but you're not alone. It's a universal experience. Yeah. I mean, women, we definitely have these these universal experiences with puberty and then so many women with menopause, like that I think is just very unique to to the feminine and the the changes. What would you say to folks struggling to believe that they can be happy and healthy in their bodies no matter what they look like? I'm sorry that you're that you feel that way, that that's your belief. You know, we talked a lot, a lot, a lot about focus, but it really is true that if imagine walking around with a mirror in front of you literally all day long. What the hell else are you gonna see but your body? Like, and that's kind of what it it feels like when you're like so focused, your like soul focus is fitting into an ideal body. Like that's all you're going to be thinking about, like looking at, like you're, you're going to miss so much. And I have in my notes here, Jessica always says, we have one precious life. <laughs> Don't waste it focusing on your body. It does. It's like, oh, enjoy it. Yeah. Every second, like savor it. Mm-hmm. Like all of it, even the motions, even the like, all of it, the hard time. I mean, I think life is to be savored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're so inspirational. Oh, thank you. You're so inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> Where can all the warriors or how can all the how can all the warriors stay in touch with you? I am mostly on Instagram. It's renewed florals. I'm also on TikTok. We're a little quiet on there. I'm still getting into it, but you can follow me there. I also have a Facebook page. It's all just under renewed florals. I'm not very active, honestly, on my personal, so if you want to reach me, it's definitely on Renewed Florals. And if you're getting married, I mean, hit me up, girl. <laughs> yeah. So you do you. So you're based out of Canada, but yes. you can do bouquets in other countries. There's some caveats there, right? 
I am able now to do, I kind of have figured it away. It's not as beautiful, but we can dry, do dried flowers in a shadow box if you're out of Canada. That's as best as I can offer you, unfortunately, right now. You're not allowed to ship fresh flowers over the border, which is very unfortunate because... Or just like but plan a, <laughs> what are those called? Like a, vaca- a destination, plan a destination wedding to Canada. <laughs> yeah, come to Canada just so that I can preserve your wedding bouquet. Perfect. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen in my life, but if I get married, I'm going to like kidnap you and bring you to the United States. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I'll just come preserve your bouquet. I'll stay for a couple of weeks. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll do it in winter time. So that's when your off season is that way. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Aww. Well, I just think it's such a great, oh my God, I, I love it. I love every, like, and so I do recommend listeners check out her account and just how beautiful these arrangements are. And if you are going to be joining us for Beyond Body, our six month body image accelerator program that really is about feminine liberation and like accessing your creativity, your power, your value, all these gifts that you have just so locked up inside you that are just like rah, ready to come out and do the deeper body image work and the food rehabilitation or the food, find food freedom. We're going to be doing this workshop with Sarah over the course of many weeks, right? Because we, we, there's a process. We're gonna, she's going to teach us the process. And from there, we have the ability. You're going to teach us how to fish, yes. essentially. So we can – because I'm like so excited to make more of these for my holiday gifts. So teach me how to fish and then I'm going to become a pro fisher. I love it. I love it so much. I'm so, so excited and I'm I'm so thankful. So thank you so much. I'm and I'm so honored. Like I like I said, I'm I'm an avid listener of Recovery Warriors and I'm such a big fan. So and I'm so excited to be a part of Beyond Body. Yay. Yay, me too. And you're such a sunflower. So I love that's like one of your flower essences. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, you're just a blessing to have in my life, and I'm really grateful for you. Thank you so much, Jessica. You are a blessing. Oh, well, lovely listener. Your body is a powerful and amazing instrument whose job is to carry you through this world and help you experience life. And so we are here for you. Subscribe and continue to follow this series and come join us on the path to body freedom and learn what it means to fully live in your body, regardless of your shape, your size, or the number on the scale. Go to recoverywarriors.com slash beyond to request an invite to apply for Beyond Body. This is our six-month body image accelerator program for middle-aged professional women with a history of an eating disorder. So once again, that's recoverywarriors.com slash beyond. We would love to connect with you close and up personal week after week for many months and many moons to do this deeper healing work together. Thank you so much for being a part of this. 